the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 as always you can get your copy in the description myself Mamutsi, alongside me is always a three-time nba champion now becoming increasingly more famous on tiktok where the fans really given the comments on his takes oh really oh, a lot wow. of dame lillard fans not happy with bj right how come? How come? What happened? Because of all the players you said you'd take ahead of Dame Lillard on yesterday's episode, they weren't too happy about that. But it just makes me think that they've not been watching Dame Lillard much this season. I'm not saying well, he's not well, great. If I remember correctly, if I remember, you said like right now. Like, exactly. Yeah. Right I don't know now. why they're mad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're saying right now. I look. I, I love Dame Lillard. However. It is what it is. They just, is ain't watching. It is. they just ain't watching. They're living off highlights and reputation. But today, what I want to talk about. I watched. Now, the old heads must have hated watching this. But I loved watching this. Oh, okay. A thrilling game between the Atlanta Hawks and the Indiana Pacers. Now, I don't know if it's a coincidence. I tweeted about this yesterday. It may be coincidence or it may be by design, but the in-season tournament games have been pretty damn good. Um, they went down to the wire with a final score of 157 to 152. <laughs> Hold on, let me like, get in a defensive stance, Ma. I'm gonna get yeah, a defensive well, stance. Well, someone's got to, someone's <laughs> got to. I mean, they did it. Um, <laughs> the highest scoring game in regulation was in 1990, excuse me, 1990 between Golden State and Denver, 162 to 158. They almost broke that record. Um, man, they had like a hundred points each in the third quarter. It was crazy. BJ, did you watch the game? And if so, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I watched a little bit of it. I, I didn't watch the full game. And listen, that's a that's a lot of points. I mean, well, that, that's what is that over three hundred points? And I mean, what, what can I say? That, that the game now is a game that clearly favors you know offensive output well we got a lot of offensive output terrific guard play on both sides shooting and clearly this wasn't a defensive struggle <laughs> by no stretch of the imagination and what can you say i mean both like I, i'm thinking to myself like okay the one thing that we traditionally have seen in playoff in the playoffs or playoff level basketball is everyone ups their defensive output right when i say up they you know you you have time to prepare let's say on the defensive end for clearly mo i mean maybe there has been i don't know if there's ever been a game 157 and 150 points in a playoff like setting so clearly there's a different mindset here now, what that mindset is, it'll evolve and become whatever it's supposed to become. But uh, yeah. but saying this, I mean, that's a lot of points. I don't care. I mean, well, that's like, I mean, to score 157 or score 150 points in an NBA game, Mo, I mean, I don't know what that says other than clearly, clearly, you know, the game plan wasn't to stop the other team. <laughs> I mm -hmm. mean, clearly so you know what but it was entertaining and you know we saw a lot of highlights from that game let's say that well it's to your point of playoff games the highest scoring ever playoff game was the portland trailblazers 153 to the phoenix suns 151 
in May 1992 in double overtime. Um, aside from that, on the list, you have the Celtics and Knicks in the 1990 playoffs, 157 to 128. I don't know if that was overtime. It doesn't say it on the list. Um, so we have seen it before, mm-hmm. but um, it's a very rare occurrence. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Tyrese Halliburton here. Now, you know, there was huge numbers on each side, um, right. but it was really Tyrese Halliburton who led the Pacers comeback, a uh, huge third quarter. But the fourth quarter did not score the basketball, and this is the emphasis on the importance on actually watching the games rather than watching tweets and highlights and whatnot. Because if you were to see a tweet that said Tyrese Halliburton didn't score the ball in the fourth quarter, then it's like, oh wow, this guy choked. But him being on the court. The Hawks were sending two defenders at him. They're picking him up at, you know, beyond half court. And he, he was really opening, um, you know, avenues for his teammates. Buddy Heald got going as well, which was great to see. Um, they put him into the starting lineup for this one. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about Tyrese Halliburton because we've spoken about Maxi, we've spoken about Fox, SGA, all these guys. But I feel like Halliburton needs some love because his improvement yes. with his pull-up jump shot has been staggering compared to when he first came into the league. His passing... Mm-hmm is when it comes to guards and the the passes he's throwing, no one else in the NBA right now, I don't think is throwing them quite like him. But what are you seeing from this young man over in Indiana? And why does it stand out to you? Well, you know, when he came out of Iowa State here, it was... Say with your chest. Yeah. No, you're not Iowa State, are you? No, I went to the University of Iowa. I went to the... (laughs) He went to Iowa State. He went to the other school. (laughs) But... In saying that, you know, here's what really stood out about him. The first thing was his size, a 6'5", 6'6", guard or so, playing the lead guard position. Okay. And, well, that's the thing that really stood out to me. I was like, oh, he has size, which will allow him to see over the top of most defensive guards or the players. That's pretty big for his position. And he has an ability to pass the ball. Now, he, that shot goes in that he shoots, but it's a it's a funky shot. Mm-hmm. But it goes in, so, hey, if it's, if it's not broke, why fix it, okay? So he now is shooting the three-point ball at a pretty nice clip. I mean, he's better than just an open three-point shooter. I mean, he can he can do some things now with that shot. So the first thing that I saw with him was a young man who could pass, a young man who could run the position, and he understood how to manage the game. Now he's scoring the ball at a high clip. Eight threes a game, and he's hitting 46% of them. Okay. And and and, and here is what he has learned, the most difficult thing, Mo, as a young guard, especially when you come to the NBA, is when to pass and when to shoot. And now, Mo, he has figured that out in what what is this year four for him or year three three or four for him um yeah so, this is year number four year number four okay so now that he's figured that out mo you're starting to see outputs like this now you know he had 37 points but what was really impressive to me he had about 15 or 16 assists i mean mo that's pretty impressive okay in an mm-hmm. nba game this isn't like you know, he's playing against minor leagues. He's playing against like all-star caliber players. I mean, so that's pretty impressive. Now, Mo, the best the next thing that I need to see from him is okay, let's get through this season. 
continue doing what you're doing. And is it fair for us to say we expect him to advance out of the first round? I mean, this young man is playing mode like a super. Those are superstar caliber level stats. Now, is it, do I think he can do that every night? No. But he's capable at any given moment to, ha- to be explosive. And he didn't even score in the fourth quarter. So, Mo, I'm going to say now he's up next. I mean, he's he's setting the table and the expectations where I should say he's a 20-point scorer. He's a double-digit assist guy. And he's probably going to command some level of attention in the game, in the defensive game plan. <laughs> You're not just going to say, you know, he's he's another guy. He will demand probably a double team. Mm-hmm. And he's scoring the ball at an exceptional high clip right now. So this is great to see. I mean, we talk about player development. We talk about those things where here's a guy now that we've taken potential off of his name. Mm-hmm. And with that comes expectation. So I'm expecting the Atlanta Hawks to continue to improve. They have depth, terrific coach. Matherin and these guys, Obi Toppin, these Matherin and Obi Toppin are starter level player, starter level players coming off the bench. So Mo, they they have depth, they have shooting, they have size, and I think it's fair now to say we should expect this team to at the very least get to the playoffs with this level of talent. He will be an All Star again, probably more times than not this year as well, and now. We're saying Matherin and Obi Toppin and the guys that they have. I mean, Mo, they got a nice team. Mostert, Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown, some defense with those just, two. Neesmith's come a long way as well since he was with the Celtics. You My know? question is this, though. Um, they're running teams off the court. You know, they're playing a super fast pace. They're getting up and down. They're getting out of transition. They're putting up, They're I think, they're putting up more 150-point games than in this stretch of the season than I've ever mm-hmm. seen any team start a season with. Um, My question is this, though. When we get to the playoffs, as you alluded to earlier, are they going to be able to get wins when the game is not so fast? Well, I I think so, Mo. You know, this is this is the growth process of a of of any team, especially a young team like this. So right now, Mo, we are in the regular season, and you always look for teams to take a step. I think it's fair to say they've taken a step from last year. They've met and accepted the challenge. Now, let's continue this, continue to grow. But then, like every young team, they will learn this lesson. The regular season is a regular season. Check. I think they have addressed that. Now, when the game slows down, will they be able to adapt to that? And and the only way you're going to learn that, Mo, is you you have to play in that. Now, Bruce Brown, I'm sure... That's one of the reasons they brought him here in the offseason and gave him a nice contract. It was because of his experience, especially coming off a championship run like he did just a year ago. That is very, that's critical to their growth and development. So clearly the organization felt a certain way about this group and they brought in a a very well-respected veteran with champion with a championship pedigree into their locker room. Okay. Rick Carlisle has won a championship as a coach. 
I think he won one as a player. I think he won one with the Boston Celtics, if I read it, you know, um, here. So clearly now they were ready for this moment. Now we're just seeing what they have probably known since last season. Halliburton is coming off a, I thought he had a terrific summer, even though they didn't win it. But for him to be around those caliber of players for all summer had to do something for his confidence. So I think this is just a natural progression, but will be surprising. You know, I don't know how this young group is going to respond when they lose their first game on the home court. But you got that's one you have to go through. But I will say this, though, Mo, I do like this group. I think this group, as is, has a chance to really achieve something. Do you now, think whether it's this year or next year? I don't know. But I think I like this group, though. Do you think they're going to stick with this group now? Because it feels like every year during the summer and during the trade deadline, Buddy Heald and Miles Turner's names are constantly in the trade conversations. And in fact, over the summer, we had a conversation about Buddy Heald and Pacers finding a way to find a trade for him. But given the way that they're playing or whatnot, do you think that they're sticking with this group or do you think they're going to look to make moves in the season? Well, for Buddy Hill and Miles Turner, I will say this. When you stop hearing your names and, and <laughs> trade rumors, that means you're probably going to be out of the league. So salute to those guys, first of all, because well, those two are really good players. Buddy's you fantastic, know. but he's on an expiring $19 million contract and they haven't got an extension signed. So they run the risk sure. of him walking in free agency if they don't extend him. Well, that's okay. So they could that's, look to trade him. That, that, that's okay. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with them, you know, saying we have, we know what we have with Buddy Hill. Okay. There's a premium on what Buddy Hill does in this league. Okay. And they have the opportunity if they so desire to re-sign him and get that done. But they also know that they have Matherin coming up. Okay. And they have some things that they have to address as well. And will Obi top in? Uh, yes. Neesmith as well. Yes. 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 They're going to need Miles they, Turner will be expiring they, they, next they, they, season. They, they, and Miles Turner, it feels like he's been around forever. He's only 27. And then Bruce Brown will be expiring next season, even though it's a team option, 23 million for next year. He's only 27 as well. So if they want to lock in with those guys, they may even just need the cap space for. But let Buddy me Hill let me say in. this Buddy Hill. Buddy Hill is one of those guys. In the right scenario, he could swing the pendulum for a championship caliber team. He's got a skill set that there is a premium for that. Now, you can say a lot of things about Buddy Hill, but let me tell you something. There's one thing you can't say. You can't say that man can't shoot that ball. He can shoot that mm -hmm. ball with the best of them. Now, Buddy Hill, now, uh, now Buddy can do that. So I'm not concerned about Buddy Hill. It's just a matter of the Indiana Pacers have to get their books in order to figure out what they're going to do. Because Buddy Hill, when he's on the court, I know what the scouting report says. Stay home. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay? And let me tell you something. When you have a player like Halliburton now, who is going to command the defensive attention with more than one player, suddenly players like Buddy Hill become even more valuable. Mm -hmm. So... The Indiana Pacers are going to have to make a decision because Buddy Hill is what I would call a star role player because every star player wants to play with the Buddy Hill. Why? Because it's going to create space for that star player. So 
great job by the Pacers and their scouting and their coaches to figure out the value of a Buddy Hill. But more importantly, now they have what we are saying is going to be a star player, Halliburton. So you're going to need star role players to complement this, this player that's going to need space, so forth and so on. So I'm not concerned about Buddy Hill. He will have a home in this league. If if I were in this league right now, but I would be circling Buddy Hill mm-hmm. and making sure that Buddy Hill knows you got a home because what he provides, everybody needs shooting. Every team in the league needs shooting. So I think this is a great problem to have if I'm the Indiana Pacers. You're winning. You have players that you know you can trade at any given moment, but you got to figure out what you're willing to commit to. And isn't this what we all want? So I can't wait to see what they do because they can't keep everybody. They can't sign everybody. Mm-hmm. We know Matherin mm-hmm. is – there isn't a team in the league that wouldn't take Matherin. Obi Toppin is scoring – at a nice clip, whether he starts or come off the bench. I think and, he had 20 more last potential. Night. I think he can get even better. That's what I'm saying. And Mo, I, I like it. I mean, you're, you're, Indiana has done a really, really nice job. And it all started with one of these players have to evolve. Well, Tyrese Halliburton now has evolved, separated himself from the pack. And now you're saying, let's build around it. So I have a question for you. It's just like I gave you the random trivia about Tyrese Halliburton's cousin uh, the other day. Here's a trivia question. What was Buddy Heald's real name? I do not know that. I should know that, though. I should. I feel like I should know that. Are you ready? Could, no, because you could never guess this in a million years. Okay, what is it? Chavano Rainier Heald. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know where, where Buddy came from out of that. Um, oh. Um, okay, I've got it here. He would received his nickname from his mother after Bud Bundy of the sitcom Married with Children. Oh, that, that's a is that American thing? I've never seen. Uh, oh, you never seen it? Well, you you know what? You got to You got to big time. Uh, I mean, BJ, it's, it's an American sitcom that came out in 1987. It's it, <laughs> it's it's more relevant today than it was then when it came out, and it's it stopped great. running in 1997 when I was three years old. But okay. yeah, uh, Chavano Rainier healed. Salute to you, man. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference right, and it's it's really like if we assume and make the assumption that the Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers are going to be the top three. Yeah, spots three, uh, spots four, five, and six to avoid the play-in. Right now, it's the Heat, the Magic, and the Pacers. But then you've also got the Knicks, the Cavaliers, and the Hawks, if they figure it out. The Nets, my thing with the Nets is they've got great players mm-hmm. to fill their roles, right? right. But they just don't it, – it reminds me a lot of, like, Toronto before they got Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They just need a superstar to come in and give them the edge and then allow everyone else to flourish in their roles. And then they'll be up in the Eastern Conference too. And they've got significant assets to trade for said superstar and salary uh, with Ben Simmons there, right? If there's mm-hmm. disgruntled mm-hmm. star X, Y, Z. But those teams there, so you've got the Heat, the Magic, the Pacers, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Nets, and the Hawks. I don't know if the Raptors are going to be in this conversation, uh, but that's seven teams. Who do you think, which three of those are going to make those spots four, five, and six? A little bit early to ask, but why not? 
Well, just on experience, I would say the Knicks, I would say Cleveland and Indiana. I mean, those probably, but as I'm saying this, I'm going, where's Miami? Miami's like what? Miami a fourth right now, nine and five. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so they lose. Everyone, <laughs> everyone, and, and then I mean, so you know what I mean, like, but like, I don't. There's, there's what, death, it, there's taxes, and there's Eric supposed to figuring out something, something exactly. So, but I would say, just on paper, I would say the Knicks, I would say Cleveland for sure, and then I would say Indiana, like, just based on like what I can see on paper, but I can't count out Jimmy Butler as I was watching the game last night against my Bulls. And the guy just shoots a sky hook and calls it during the course of a game. Yep. Yeah, we spoke about this yesterday. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, so I don't know what to say. Miami, when it's all said and done, they'll be there somewhere. And then we'll all be sitting here going, Miami will be in the NBA finals. And how did this happen? And, you know, and probably, who knows, Duncan Robinson will probably be MVP of the Eastern Conference, you know, Eastern Conference finals. I mean, this is this is how this works. So, but I would think those three that I mentioned would probably be somewhere in there, and you know, just based on talent and and what I can see. With the Magic currently sitting in five, obviously they weren't expected to be this good um, by a lot of people. Obviously, Magic fans still had the belief in them, but. Do you think with it, because we've seen in previous years, a lot of young teams have really hot start to the season and then it kind of just trails off a little bit. But the Magic's hot start is predicated a large part on their defense. So do you think this Magic team is built to last throughout the course of the 82? Or do you think they're going to hit a wall and people are going to adjust their scouting reports and whatnot? But it's hard to adjust the scouting report for these guys are just locking us the hell up. Well, well, Mo, let's say this. I think the Orlando Magic are ahead of schedule right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I, again, th- this is Ben Charles. What second second year, right? He's mm-hmm. rookie of the year just a year ago, and suddenly now they were playing some games that kind of were meaningful games for the Orlando Magic late in the season last year, and now Mo they've made another jump, and I think they're ahead of schedule. So I have nothing but praise. And, you know, support for what they're doing down there in Orlando. I think they are playing a good brand of basketball. The fact that we're talking about a young team defending, Mo, think about that. This is a young team and they're defending. So clearly there's a buy-in and they all understand. But more importantly, they play in a brand of basketball, Mo, which translates. And if anyone defends, and you know I'm a huge component of that, If you're defending, that gives you a chance to win. It doesn't guarantee that you'll win. But if you will defend and rebound the basketball mode, you will win your fair share of games. And if they continue that trend, this team will continue to be ahead of schedule because that's a very difficult thing to do with with young guys. And they're doing it now. So they are ahead of schedule in my book. And I'll take it because I know how difficult that is. So... You know what? What are they? Nine and four, nine and five, or something? Yeah, they're on they a four-game win streak. They're nine and five as we record yeah. this show. I know they're playing uh, the Nuggets tonight, I believe, and you guys yes. will know the result by the time the show comes out. But, um, man, this is one thing I wanted to talk about, right? And this is just me venting now. 
Okay. Because we've seen this happen this week and last week. Did you see, of course, you saw the Pistons Nuggets game? Oh, yes, I did. I watched that game. <laughs> why, why do you have to remind me? You, you, why do you have to remind me? I We're mean, not talking about the result where you guys were winning the whole time and then lost at the end. I want to talk about Nikola Jokic getting ejected, right? Because the week before, when Giannis got ejected as well, right? Mm-hmm. Both mm-hmm. got ejected for pretty much nothingness, right? Okay. Draymond Green does those same things a million times worse and the refs are just like, cool, that's just Draymond. My problem here is there's no fans who work hard all week to pay for their ticket. I can't wait to watch Draymond put up five points, five rebounds and six assists. But there are many fans who put their hard-earned money into tickets and say, I want to see Giannis score 40 points. I want to see the Jokic get triple-double. The refs, because, because I know you have a close relationship with referees, why are they ejecting the superstars that the fans will want to see? And then the players that the fans don't really care about, if I say that respectfully, they're letting them do way worse and stay in the game. Well, I know it may appear to be that way, but let me let me assure you this. It's early in the season, Paul, and everyone's working out the kinks. Everyone's working out the kinks. I love the fact when referees take control of the game, regardless who, regardless. Now, here's where I would have a problem. If a guy gets thrown out with playoff implications or in the playoffs for something like that, then, well, now I'm having a discussion about, yeah, I'm having a discussion about what's going on. Yes. It's early in the season. I don't know what was said, but I'm sure it was something. Let, let, let me counteract that point. Okay. Although for us who watch all the games and X, Y, Z, there are fans out there who that early in the season game where they've got a last minute ticket, maybe their only chance to go and watch an NBA game all season long. They're not going to be there in the playoffs. They may have been watching that game and it's their birthday. And the parents got them tickets for the game. And then they get there and now the best player's not there for half the game or more. That's my problem with it, regardless of when the game is and the implications of an ejection. I don't know what was said to warrant that, you know, suspension or him getting thrown out of the game. Okay. But whatever was said, both of the both of them, Coach Malone and Jokic walked off and they seem appear to be they got their money's worth <laughs> yeah well what, uh, i'm not saying i'm not saying i understand what you're saying however a lot of times there's a theme mode called credibility and if you're just going to let anybody say anything to you at any time sometime mo you got to set the tone and i don't know what was said Okay, but I'm sure they weren't debating about dinner reservations after the game. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know if there's was... many Serbian restaurants in Detroit, BJ. Yes, yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Is that? Mr. Maybe that Mr. Be... Jokic has a different palate now that he's, you know, he plays here in America, you know. So there are five Serbian restaurants in Detroit. Yes. So whatever Just for anyone is, wondering. Yeah, for whatever it is. Whatever happened, happened. But 
I will say this. I'm sure in different settings, Coach Malone and Mr. Jokic both know their importance and their value to their team. We all love to push it right to the line, Mo. Okay. Mo knows what he can say <laughs> and what he can't say on air. He knows it. And Mo does an incredible job every day, ladies and gentlemen, of pushing it right to the line. Man, you know, when we do, when we used to do live shows on TV, right? And we're in the studio for like eight hours and I'm just on my best behavior. I'll just get into my car. BJ calls me in the car. We're talking about the show. And every sentence is just got swear word in. Cause I've just got to let it out. I just got to let it out. (laughs) Okay. And I get it. So it's unfortunate that he gets thrown out of the game. It, It was. And I, and I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but you know what? But you know what I do like, though? I do like it when a call. Okay, so you can look at it this way. So you're saying, who's going to win the game, Denver versus Detroit? You're going, everyone would say, Denver is going to win that game. But here's a guy fighting for a call against the Detroit Pistons on a random, what, Tuesday night doing game, you know, 18. Of the season. And you know what, Mo? That's what makes him special. Mm-hmm. So the fact that that meant something to him, that one call, because he could have just walked away and said, you know what? I'm not going. It meant something to him. And to me, Mo, this is what makes him great. Because he doesn't just want to win during certain times of the year. He doesn't just want to win against some of the teams. He's fighting for every call, and it means something to him. So that, to me, Mo, is what makes him special and unique. It's It, it stunk for those fans who may have only get a chance to see him play one time. Okay, I, I get that. But what you did see, ladies and gentlemen, is a player that cares about the game. And the fact that he was arguing about that call as if it was game seven of the NBA finals, to me, Mo just says everything about him of why he's been able to achieve what he's been able to achieve. Because, Mo, that's what you're looking for. And they say he doesn't like basketball because he has other hobbies in the offseason. No, it means something to him. It means this game means something to him. And he has the competitive spirit. We're clearly, Mo, clearly it means something to him. Because by all accounts, Mo, by all accounts, he could have just very easily just walked away and said, you know what? It doesn't really matter. Hey, I'm just, it's Tuesday. We're playing Detroit. It's no big deal. Blah, blah, blah. But no, he didn't. He didn't walk away. And, and you know what I love most, BJ? I'm going to complain about something else. I'm going to yes. vent about something else. Jokic uh, might be... Of all the superstars in the NBA, you know, superstars tend to get favorable whistle, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can agree that superstars get calls that a lot of it, other players it, don't get. It appears to, that they get a favorable. I don't know if they do. It just appears to be. Well, let's put it like this. Rookies get an unfair whistle and they get penalized for things that veteran players don't, right? So mm-hmm. we go on this basis. Out of all the superstars, I, I think Jokic gets fouled the most without getting the whistle blown for him. And I actually tweeted this earlier. I was watching... You know, because this is all I do with my time nowadays. 
I was watching some games from Joel Embiid's rookie season. Okay. And I'm like, I'm watching him on the block. He's hitting them with a dream shake. He's hitting them with all the post moves. He's stepping out, facing up, hitting the jumpers. And I'm like, this guy used to be maybe my favorite player to watch in the league at the time through the first few years of his career. But now, do you see, do you see Embiid last night against the Cavs? The way he's just, uh, he's just flopping his body to try and get foul calls. There's one against Dean mm-hmm. Wade. If you search for that, you will see mm-hmm. exactly the example mm-hmm. I mean, right? He just runs into him and throws the ball in the air and it gets two free throws out of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's because James Harden came to Philadelphia and chilled with him for a little bit. I don't know who's told him to do this, but the way he just hunts for fouls and constantly flops, I hate watching it now. Not that I, I hate watching John Embiid, I hate that aspect of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas Jokic plays the game, in my opinion, um, more honestly, because you don't really see him flop and mm-hmm. beg for fouls. Mm-hmm. He's getting fouled, mm-hmm. not getting the call, and that's why you see the frustrations like what happened against Detroit. Whereas Embiid, he'll have games where he's like 6 of 18 from the field, right? But then he's going to score 20 free throws to go alongside it, and he finishes with 32 points. I'm not a fan. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, listen, every, everyone has their style. And not being a big guy myself, I can only imagine why you would put emphasis on every time you do get fouled. Just for the fact, Jokic gets, you could probably call a foul every play that he has the ball, Jokic. Everyone handles their situation differently. And you know, you've heard me say this before. Well, thank goodness that Shaq was a was a was a gentleman. Okay. I understand to a degree why Joel Embiid flops. Because you probably could call a foul on him the majority of the time he has the ball. And he, like many, you know, one of my good friends is Vladi Divac. Vladi probably <laughs> ushered in the flopping. <laughs> if he didn't usher it in, he's definitely made it. It's the he, European influence from football. He, or whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. I get why you flop. Like, you know, you get fouled. Well, he's big. We, we can let it go. And I get why why those guys do it. I do. Because you know what? I should hold my hand up right now. For all the times I foul big guys, and they no, just no, no, but, but like, this is this is the point I'm making is this: Jokic puts up probably better stat lines than Embiid, and he does it without flopping and crying to the referees. Why can't Embiid just play that way? Well, Jokic does a nice job of making sure that he, when he gets fouled, he he's not letting it go. Jokic doesn't let it go. Like I've seen this this guy. I mean, that's why we love him. I mean, he's got a little, he's got a little attitude with him. Hell yeah. Okay. It's from the Balkans, bro. You don't mess with Jokic. Yeah, You're crazy. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. So it's not like he, he fouls you and he goes, oh, no problem, Mo. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's not like you foul him and he goes, yeah. oh, referee, I need my free throws. Oh, well, I, 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 I've seen him 
there was a lot of games I've seen them have to calm him down. Oh, no, he, he gets mad, but yeah, he doesn't he, fling the ball in the air and fall to the right. floor. Er, well, everyone has their own style of how they deal with whatever the scenario and situation is. But I can say this. Big guy, I understand why bigs flop, and I understand why bigs complain. Because they do get fouled. Sometimes they I'm, do I'm initiate the content. I'm out of yes. flopping. Okay, I, and, that, and that's... And however you choose to put emphasis to get the call that you're looking for, I'm all for it. But okay. just make sure you get fouled while you're doing it. Because let me say something. Whether you flop or you don't flop, both of those players are getting fouled. And you probably can get a, you probably could call fouls every time they touch the ball. Because let me say this. If Joel Embiid catches the ball in the paint, there's only one person stopping him, and that's Joel Embiid. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's actually someone else. His name is Al Horford. He plays for the Boston Celtics. Okay. Well, if you want okay. to see this, you just tune into the playoffs. Well, there any are, year ever. There are anomalies to everything. So we all have our kryptonite. Every Superman has his kryptonite too, and Jokic is the same. I feel that if he catches the ball in the paint. You're not stopping him. And the only and when they get fouled, they're gonna get upset. So that's okay. You know, you us little guys, Mo. We're out there on the perimeter and we just hang out. We shoot threes, but those big guys, they, they, they give them a call. Well, give un, they, under give your advice, call. then BJ. When I play this All Star celebrity game, I will be flopping as much as possible because Mo, you don't you, mind it. Mo, you, Mo, you will be help me. You will be you will be flopping. You will never see me. I'll, uh, I'll put this on my life. I will die before I flop on a basketball court. May the Lord strike me down if I ever flop before in my life. Ladies Never. and gentlemen. Now, if you sure. found me too hard, I might, I might do what Jokic did to Morris, but I damn <laughs> sure will not be flopping. I might wait in the car park after the game, but I'm not ever going to flop. That's disgusting behavior. Uh, okay. All right. Have some self-respect and stop flopping. That's another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. <laughs> you can subscribe. YouTube, Are you really going to end it? Uh, Hell that. yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm watching these games and guys are just trying to draw fouls. How about you just try and make the bucket? Just try and make the bucket. Just get uh, off the floor. I'm tired uh, of it. Okay. I had to get it off my chest. It's been okay, a long day. thank you. Thank you. Thank, th- thank you for listening. Um, I hope you guys at home enjoyed. But uh, that's been another episode. And uh, hopefully, well, tonight's games that you guys will have seen by the time you listen, uh, Embiid is out against the Timberwolves, which is a shame. I was really looking forward to that game. Um, oh, the Timberwolves are they? Were, yeah, yeah, he's out, um, said resting second night of a back-to-back or There'll be some injury attached to it, so they don't get fined, but um, he's out against the Timberwolves. Didn't want that smoke with my man Headlock Rudy. Or Headlock E. What, what headlock, do you call him? Headlock E. What's, what's the word for someone who gets headlocked? Are you sure they're playing the Timberwolves tonight? No, I don't see that on the schedule. Is my schedule bugging? Yeah, you you might be. Are you sure? Yep, at one a.m. UK time. Okay. And yeah, maybe it's my schedule. Oh yeah, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. You're right. Yes, sir. Well, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. Well, maybe we won't because it's Thanksgiving. Real quick, before you go, what do you think of these? Real quick, just real quick. I just we're still to... on air, right? Yeah, it's very yeah, five yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten seconds. <laughs> What do you think of these back-to-back games that they play at these home-home things? What do you think of that? Where you play the same team twice? Yes. I like it. 
I like it because first okay, of all, I, like what, what we saw with the Timberwolves, they had a little little back and forth talking, and then the second game was even more intense. But also, you get to see the adjustments that teams have made, if any, on the second game. So personally, I like it. Um, what about yourself? Um. No, I don't like it. I I I, I don't I don't like that. I, 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 well, you're 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 just kind of like, you know, you you come, you play, then you sit there for like a day or two, and then you play. Like, I don't like the I don't like the rhythm of that of just playing the team back to back. Like, move on. Like, move on. And the fact that you sit there, you know, it's just like I don't I don't like the flow of it. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why I don't like it, but I don't like the flow of it. But mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll keep looking at it. I'll, I'll look at it with an open mind. I didn't, I didn't want to. Stop I think it's designed long. to like minimize travel, right? That's surely why they put it in. Okay, that's that's fair. So that's why there should be no excuse for missing games. But here we are, another episode <laughs> of the Hoop Genius Podcast. Subscribe YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We'll be back tomorrow with more. Maybe if BJ can get some free time on Thanksgiving. If not, <laughs> I'll figure it out. Appreciate you guys tuning in and most importantly, do not flop and get buckets.